This is the Art Empire Podcast. I'm your host, Tion Buku One. We go deep diving into some of the most amazing, inspirational people in my life that I've known who have turned their art into a career. Sharing the tips, the trades, the gems, the lugs, all that good stuff for you and yours. Enjoy. trying to learn something every time I print, like how to not get ink on my hands. So when I touch another shirt, a new shirt, I'm like, ah, <laughs> but it's just doing so. All right, I'm learning. I'm learning a little like things to do. Like once you're, when you first start printing, how to organize your stuff, make sure you wipe down the, you know, the canisters of paint so that way you don't grab, you know, like, but it's cool, man. It's, I mean, I cannot complain. How you doing? Oh man, just trying to stay out the way, man. Right. Are you in? Are you in a sauna right now, blood? Where you at? <laughs> I'm in. The, I'm in the bad cave, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, screen printing, man, uh, Wiz Rocks is up on here. It's one of my, my homies from Southern California, and uh, he's definitely a dope screen printer. Um, oh, okay. Seems like every time we speak about screen printing today. More screen printers pop up, so that's dope. Right, Malik, and okay, yeah. I mean, you know, we've been around so many cats doing it. Like, I've been on the side of just being a customer. Like, I've ordered hella merch over the last 20 years, but I never, uh, you know, thought to get involved with it. If it wasn't for COVID, I probably wouldn't have because I'd be doing all the other shit I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah we gonna, gonna get it in, gonna get it in. No, it's been good, man. It's you know, through each 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 couple months and 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 COVID, like I feel like I discover something else. I've been, I guess, wanting to get into that I didn't realize I wanted to get into. So that's well, been cool. I'm on the same hype, man. Just trying to make sure you know I keep things going, um, keep painting, and keep my 18 year old son handling his business. That's the main thing. Right. I to keep you. I to keep you busy. 
You know, that's the main thing, man. Oh, there you are. You got some light on them now. Yeah, man. The Bat Cave. The Bat Cave. Okay, cool. What we're going to do is I want to welcome everybody out to Arts Empire Radio. This is what we do every Wednesday. We get in, we talk about the intersection between your art, your passion, and your career. And to sharing concepts and tips between navigating that. And um, that's pretty much the focal point, man. I feel like it's something that we, that we don't discuss enough amongst friends, amongst community. A lot of times you hear about people's success and you like, you know, like you'll hear about a rapper's success, like Too Short or 40 um, And in every interview, they're just talking about the rap shit for the most part or whatever they're their new product is a slanging, which is dope, but they never talk about the business side of it. How do they deal with accounting? How do they deal with negotiating? How do you price a product? How do you know when something is time to just kind of put on the back burner, focus on this and all? Like, we don't ever talk about these things. And so if we don't talk about them, the youth don't get it. Right. So I've always just liked to have this conversation. I feel like there's so much that's not shared that's rich. Yeah. So... We'll get into it. We got good brother Khufu right here, live and direct from the Batcave. And uh, so we'll set it off. Two-part question. What is your primary art form and what is your career? Like, what, are the, what are those two things? Uh, um, so my primary art form is writing. Um, some people uh, may erroneously refer to it as graffiti, but the, the the use of a spray can or the use of a marker on the surface to put my imprint was called writing. So uh, I've always art form writing because that's what I was taught. So, um, you know, my art form is writing. So right. that's what I chose. In terms of my profession, um, I run a youth program uh, here in East Oakland, West Oakland, all throughout Oakland, North Oakland. I work at several different high schools. I also have young people that went through my program when they were in middle school. Now they're adults. Uh, they work in the program, and they actually have little cadres of young people that they work with. So it's just a form of reciprocity um, that we like to implement with our young people. So that's my primary um, my primary job is actually running the youth development program. And then um, in conjunction with that, um, I also teach ethnic studies and Africana studies for two different, two different colleges. Right. Okay, cool. When did you first start to monetize your art? Oh, man, I think um, when I, so when I was younger, I got two older siblings and I got younger siblings, right? So I'm a middle, middle child. So I'm originally from the East Coast. So when I was back East uh, as a kid, one of the things that, you know, I would watch my older brother do, especially, but also my older sister, they would, you know, paint on their clothes, paint on their jeans, stuff like that. And we would go rack, like, painter hats um, from, like, the, the hardware stores all the time in downtown Pittsburgh. So um, it was things like that where, like, my brother was like, yo, you can do names on these hats, you know what I mean? Or you can do names on your jeans, you know, just, like, to wear. Um and so when we moved out here, I think probably the first time I sold something that had to do with like like hip hop, 
but it was like I monetized it. It was probably like sixth grade, seventh grade, around right. that time. And it was like we were doing free South Africa shirts. It was just dope because there was people that like I went to school with when you know because I just came out here. So you meet new friends, you know what I'm saying? And they was like, oh shit, like you paint on clothes, you know what I mean? So they was asking, what do you use? Things like that. And back then it was like fabric paints. You know, you use a kid, you didn't really have no airbrush or shit like that. So um, it was much like, you know, fabric markers or, or Sharpies, you know, paint pens, you know, even design markers, you know what I'm saying? Anything that would put pigment on it. And, um, you know, it just started from doing that, like just from doing like slogans or doing things like that. And it was, you know, like five bucks, you know what I'm saying? Three bucks, stuff like that. And, and from there, you know, I would always watch my brother and people like that get money doing those type of things, like doing hats or they would do, my brother was really the one that would do a lot of medallions. And so we right. did leather, we did leather medallions by hand. And that was all in junior high school as well. So I think junior high school was really when I, you know, I first like monetized, um, you know, like fashion uh, in a way that like still related to writing. And then from there, like, I always wanted to do it because we would follow street, you know, we would wear street brands. We would wear, you know, clothes that, you know, some people would um, maybe, you know, label like, you know, like skater clothes or things of that nature. But it was just like dope, you know, like dope logos. And then we kind of learned like, damn, like the stuff that they're doing, they actually are designing this and the person that's designing it looks like someone who writes, you know what I mean? So I, right, potentially, right. I could potentially do this. So, you know, I think junior high was when it really kicked off. Junior high, that's, that's cool to get an early start. So what were three main skills that have been most helpful through your life in navigating entrepreneurship with your art? Um, three main skills in terms of navigating, man, I think the first one is, uh, sense of self-worth some people you know say confidence um but just just knowing that uh your sense of self-worth is going to come out in, in, in your work but it also should come out when you monetize right so like knowing how much how much you're actually going to charge for whatever service or whatever creativity you're going to provide uh for whatever person or entity you're going to provide it for and then i think the second thing knowing self-worth uh I, having a clear and focused vision for what it is you want to do. A lot of times, like, you know, when you're an artist, you know, you're very creative, but when it comes to the business part, it, 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 it's hard to, like, really kind of buckle down to a vision. And that might right, just right. be, like, what's the vision for your logo? What's the vision for your company? And then I think the last one is, like, um, being an entrepreneur is commitment. Like, you got to really commit to what you're going to do. And I mean, I think I still, you know, I, I've mixed what I love to do and everything that I do from my professional to my, you know, to my writing, you know, my writing life. Um, but I think, you know, to actually convert to totally doing art, um, I've never, I've never, you know, I've never physically done that yet. Um, I think that's like kind of the next step, step for me. Right, all the full integration where your art becomes your main focal point. Yeah, just a yeah. full commitment. You know what I'm saying? Just a full right. commitment. Like dive in. Right. So, you know, you've been an entrepreneur, like you said, like you you do both. You got a professional career, you got entrepreneur, your own personal endeavors and stuff like that. Um, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are in entrepreneurship when it comes think, to your art in particular? 
Oh, which comes to art, man, I think uh, one of the first misconceptions is like, so being a writer, you know what I'm saying? You normally, you know, for me at least, you know, you know I want to do a piece on a canvas or I want to do a, you know, a character, right? Um, and I think like the first misconception I had was that like, I could always approach, you know, everything from the perspective, like it's terms of my art, right? I, I could always right. approach it from the, from the perspective of like how we do art. And what I mean by that is like, not just like how we do it on the canvas, but how we deal with our art, right? So like, right. you know, you know, doing being that you do a character or you do letters, you know, it really comes from, you know, your soul if you're really into letters, right? Um, and being that it comes from your soul, like the type of culture we come from, you know, we're a little bit more aggressive with how we how we stand upon like our art. You know what I mean? So when you're in these business uh, situations, I first learned the hard way, like. You know, I had a big mix, misconception that my art was going to get me in the door, right? Um, right. I, for, I forgot that the professional part of me also actually mattered, right? And so I kind of, I tended to lean on, uh, I don't know, you know what I mean? Because from a writer's perspective, some things I may not really do, but then from a, a you know a professional perspective, if I was getting this job for young people, right, and I wanted them to get paid, then I'm gonna have this meeting with this, you know, this individual, right? And I would deal with this person totally different. But because my art was involved, it started to be, you know what I mean? Like it was just like this weird tense relationship at first. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to really. Uh, it was a misconception I had. I think the misconception people had of me and <laughs> being an entrepreneur is because I'm a writer. Um, if they ever heard of me, you, you you never know what people have heard, right? So right. they, they might have heard a misconception about you. And then that misconception gets, you know, also misconstrued in their mind to when they deal with you, they think they have to deal with you according to this, you know, this false narrative, you know right. what I mean? So, um, but it's always been fun. I've always liked those interactions because they've always turned out to be pleasant and positive. And, you know, and um, everybody walked away happy and, 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 you know, and learned something about who I was. Right. So what were some of the challenges from the mind state of a writer and then the mind state of an entrepreneur? Because, you know, like I know that's what you're kind of what you're alluding to, but like, you know, the code of the code of, of writing, the energy, the attitude, the motive, the way we carry ourselves is one thing over here. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, navigating it into an entrepreneur space, some of those things don't translate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what were some of the challenges you had with the persona of you as the writer and the persona of what's needed as a business person? Like, what were some of the things you had to deal with as far as, like, <laughs> tone down here or beef up over here? Um, I think one of the first ones was, like, like I said, man, I mean, we all come into things, you know, like you know who you are, right? But when somebody, like, like when somebody pressures you in a meeting about um, something that has to do with writing and you're necessarily talking about like a mural, because sometimes when you're talking about murals, you know, people, there's, there's, 
you know, at the table with money, they're talking about things like this. Yo, you know, people like you wrote on my wall, you know, they, you know, they disrupted my, you know, you know, my commerce, you know what I'm saying? You, you had people coming here, you know, you know, charging me for fines, you know, the city charged me, they got an ordinance on me, yada, yada, you know, it, you know, blah, right. blah, 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 you know, they just come at you. And then if you're not articulate enough, uh, some people might want to say, but if you're really not sharp enough to use your critical thinking skills and say, wait a minute, this person's, you know, might be offended by, you know, what I, not what I do, but what has been done. But if I right. can do something and show them, nah, this is what I do. And, 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 and really the, the next kind of um, thing I had to really shift was like, I'm, I'm prepared in, in the professional era, right? Area in terms of like, you're going to have your, you know, your portfolio for work. You know what I mean? If you need it, you're going to have, you know, your computer, you're going to have these things with you at all times. So if you're going into any situation where if I'm at work, I'm always going to have my portfolio for art with me. Right. When we have portfolios still now it's like an right. iPad or something, but I'm going to have that. And, and because I know that I might talk to this business owner about trying to get the young people some jobs. Right. But they also want a meal. Now there's two ways that I could do it. And this is you know my third thing that I had to translate, you know, um, you know, there's other, some people might know me for other things. You know, um, and those other things, you know, should never bleed into anything that's professional. So as a young person doing things that probably weren't, um, you know, necessarily legal, right, or necessarily on the right side of the law, I learned quickly through my, you know, through my family, friends, and, 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 and you know, confidants that, you know, it's just a certain way you carry yourself. You know, they were called code switching. Um, right. You know, uh, it, it might be called double consciousness. Um, some people might call it critical thinking. And some people might call it critically conscious. But I just know that all of those have to come into play when you're being an entrepreneur. Because now your name, like, you know, everything I do, you know, I can't have something, you know, uh, you know muddy my name, right? Like, I can't punch, punch somebody in the mouth in a meeting and then think I'm going to go to another meeting about a mural and and get that (laughs) shot. You know what I'm saying? But like, but if we, but if we was at a gallery and somebody said that, that, you know, I was supposed to paint the outside of the gallery and I'm supposed to get this amount of money. Right. And then that didn't happen. Right. There was a time period where you might've got punched in the mouth and that still would have been wrong. But because I'm just a writer and I'm, you know, some anonymous cat that's I'm, I'm, I'm finally showing my face. Right. Right. So there was a long period of time I didn't do that. But I, like I said, I mean, a lot of things have to translate over. I'm in my 40s. You know what I mean? I'm a 70s baby, like as you are. So, right. you know, it comes it comes a time period where certain things, you know, you got to leave certain things where they at. And when it calls for that, you're doing that there. But when I'm here, you know, I'm this, right? And um, right. And, and, and I had to really learn that. And I think that's the, the biggest lesson, you know? Yeah, trying to, you know, marry those two because they're, you know, one is very counterculture or not you know like we're not when you're a writer we're not looking we're not concerned about clientele like you know a lot of writers aren't even concerned about relationships with other people (laughs) not at all really like actually you know we i think i think i think i think we definitely taught a lot of people how to socially distance in hip-hop if you think about it because i think i mean and and i'm just joking i think mcs djs producers I think anybody who's a practitioner of hip hop 
as being socially distancing themselves because they always they already were socially distanced from society anyway. You know what I mean? Due to racism right. and all kind of other systemic things, right? So I think you know um, that's the biggest misconception of all writers, right? They think that none of us are educated, that we all crazy and just like to write on shit, which might be true too. But we right. also educated, and we could be fly and dress fresh. You know what I'm saying? Get right. money. And, and, and still, you know, and, and still be professional at the same time, right? So, right. you know. Yeah, I think now, you know, now in the last 15, 20 years, uh, due to many things, one of them is the commercialization of hip hop, um, of visual art, street art, graffiti art, all these different things. You know, there's a lot of bad shit that we, everyone talks about that comes along with that, true. But yeah. what it does, it elevates the awareness and makes it more palatable for people like us to go speak to people who are across the pond culturally and they've already predisposed to this isn't going to be some gang member coming in now. Exactly. They've exactly. already been exposed to that. So that's what changed a lot. So um, how, did, how do you go about pricing your art? How do you know when it's a good time to do it for free or charge maximum? Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you determine pricing? Good question. I mean, I think that always fluctuates based on the economy um, and, and the timing of what, whatever it is you're doing. Um, I think for me, um, when I'm pricing things, it depends on who I'm dealing with, right? right. Uh, that's first right. and foremost. And then it depends on what size. So like, somebody might say, I want a 30 by 60 foot wall. And I already know right there, depending on who that that person is, you know, that, that might be, you know, in the teens or the 20s, right? Versus if it's, you know, someone who doesn't have a budget, it might be in the, in the single digits or it might be free. Um, and I think for me, I'm only speaking for me, you know, and I think that, um, for me personally, like when I'm pricing stuff, um, I try to make sure that if I'm dealing with a nonprofit or if I'm dealing with a liquor store owner or if I'm dealing with um, you know, a, a business that's not, you know, that, that, that doesn't have any kind of recollection of what, you know, the community is faced with, you know, it right. tends to change in terms of what, you know, what I'm charging or if I even do the job for that matter. Um, right, but I think, right. I think uh, just the ethics, the ethics is the biggest thing and then next to that, it's like how much work you got to do. So like, if I got to do it for a week, or if I got to do it for a month, obviously it's going to fluctuate. And 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 again, um, it might be a thousand dollars a day. It might be five hundred dollars a day. It might be man, it might be five thousand dollars a day, just depending on you know what it is that people are doing. I mean, I haven't gotten no five thousand dollars a day, you know, budget like right. that. You know, what I mean, where it's been a long period. Um, I mean, you have, but it probably took you longer than a day to do it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So like. <laughs> Like, you know, I, I, I would love to be in a, in a situation where, um, it, you know, you could do those type of things. In order to be a success, um, there are things you have to say yes to, and there are things you have to say no to. <laughs> there are actions you have to say yes to, actions you have to say no to, right? There are philosophies, there are relationships to say yes you're right there are habits you have to say yes mm -hmm. to have to say no to uh 
what are what are three things you've had to say yes to to attain a level of success right now where you're at? Um, I think the first one uh, is saying yes to spirit. Um, that's always something that you know, no matter what, you know, I always I've always led with that. I was always taught by you know my parents, my older siblings, um, you know, you know, in my intermediate family, like you know, if if you if you if it ain't right in the soul, it ain't right at all. You know what I mean? So like, if you right. don't feel it, don't do it. Um, so if I'm not feeling it, I ain't fucking with it. You know what I mean? That's always been my philosophy. Um, right. Uh, I think uh, so. I always got to say yes when the spirit is right. You know, and then uh, right. I, I say yes. Um, and it's three yeses, right? Yeah. Man, that's an interesting question. I think the other one would be like purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like I say yes to some things that I really was into and then got into it and just, you know, I, I didn't, I should have asked what the purpose was. You know what I mean? So, right. um, and I think uh, I've, I've, I've really gotten to the point where I don't do that shit no more. You know what I mean? Like right. I haven't done that. I haven't done that in, uh, in uh, a long time, in years. And then I think uh, the last one would be um, self-care. You know what I mean? Like time with family, time with, you know, you know, writing, just getting up, not no, no, no legal shit or no, you know, you know, um, chill spots, but like, you know, just getting up, like, you know, you know, doing it in a way where it's not legal, so to speak. Um, I think saying yes to going to paint trains and saying yes to, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to leaving work and leaving all that professional stuff and just going bombing, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. I, I think, I think, you know, that's my top one. Right. That's your top one. Why is that your top one? Why is that your top one in, in your uh, yeses in success? Because it gave me the ability to, to say yes to other things that people in writing in my successful life as a professional probably wouldn't even be able to uh, agree with at first. They would be saying no immediately, right? Right. So like, you, so here's how I explain it. So, in, you know, in my personal life, you know, I can say yes to something like my, my man Ter might say, you know, yo, let's go get up, you know, uh, on some metal, right? Right. Uh, whereas somebody in my profession be like, hell no, nah, I wouldn't go do something like that because I don't want to risk such and such right. and so forth, right? Right. Whereas I might be in my professional world and I might, uh, you know, work with Ter and, um, I might tell the boss, yo, uh, I would love to paint this whole building, you know, and, and I want you to pay me outside of work. And Tim might be like, damn, dog, I can't believe you bringing up spray painting at work. You know what I'm saying? So I think, right. you know, just just having the luxury to afford myself to say, yo, man, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm down for it. I'm going to get mine. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like, right. you know, I'm going to go for mine, right? Um you know, I think people like, you know, the people I mentioned, like Tara and other folks that, you know, I get down with, um, were able to kind of step out of that box and say, hell yeah, I'm going to go get up. I'm going I'm to, I'm you know, I'm going to do this commission wall, but I'm still going to go through this train too. So, right. um, you know, that's my biggest one just because it's the most freedom, man. I think, right. 
I was going to no. say, what, what nourishment does that provide you? Because obviously, freedom. freedom. Freedom, man. Like, you know, because you, people keep arguing about, you know, you know, what people tag on murals and people, uh, you know, write on houses and people, you know, write on the ground and people, you know, break windows and they try to mix it all up, you know, as, you know, as is it all being something that's crass. But at the end of the day, it's like, yo, man, like, if that's your freedom, man, then that's what you do. You know what I'm saying? I may not agree yeah. with it, but, you know, how I get down is what I agree with. So if, if, you know, if a professor may not like the fact that I talk to young people about spray paint, right? They may not like right. the fact that I, that I even still spray paint or anything, whether paid right. for or illegal. But it's just one of those things where, you know, um, just the freedom to do so is, is you know, is always positive. Right. Okay. What are what are three things you had to say no to 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 attain this level of success and keep going? Um, I think you know, for me, like I said, um, the success that I look at is like just the the level of success I see the young people I work with having um, over all these years. The level of success I see my son having. I think the three things I had to say no to was. Um, going out and, 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 and painting as much as I may have wanted to. Um, then I had to say no to, you know, being involved with certain, you know, um, certain elements that I knew were probably going to harm me later, you know what I'm saying, if I stayed around that, you know what I mean? So, like, I had to really get away from, you know, you know, not really so much certain friends or people, but just certain environments because those environments were toxic. And when I got away from those environments, you know, those people that I loved also understood that, you know what I mean? And, and they right. got away from toxic places too. So I think I'm going to have to say no to just being in toxic spaces. And I think um, the last one was just being true to self, you know what I mean? Just, you know, you, over the years, you know, you go through things where, you know, you... You know, I, well, I can only speak for me. You know, I've been upset at certain things. I've been upset at certain, you know, situations, certain people, or certain ways that the outcomes have been um, when I've done certain things professionally or personally for my, you know, my business, quote unquote. And I think success was only measured by, you know, what I wanted to to gain from my personal development, right? Like the only thing I wanted to gain was just you know, how do, how am I going to deal with this next time? And then also, you know, how, how am I going to actually treat uh, this, situ this situation and this person the next time it comes up? I think, you know, when I'm when dealing with young people or dealing with, you know, someone who's paid me to do something versus someone who's, you know, gave me the responsibility, but also gave me, um, like, the permission to actually be in the community to, to, to help them with something. I want to make sure that I want to make sure that I'm providing that and it's successful. And I think um, if their voice isn't heard or, or if they feel like their voice is being diminished, then it's not successful. And so I think I've had to say no to like, you know, um, things like that, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. otherwise I couldn't, I couldn't find a success in it, you know, cause if it's just a personal gain, I don't think that's successful. I think, you know, if it's a communal game, then that's the success, right? Right. Okay. And then uh, we'll get this, this question. This next question will probably take long enough to uh, <laughs> round us home. So how do you navigate the challenges in politics between community 
and corporate, right? Oh, and this dude. is like with with our art, you know, uh, you know, some people would say some clients you do work for that you've done work for that we've done work for are our allies, mm-hmm. you know, and then others would be like, you know, the community, if you do all community, that's great. But if you don't bring in other things to the community, it's not good for them either. Mm. You know, so there's, it's almost like these two polarizing spaces, but, mm. you know, we both built on this a while. Like how, we have to integrate them both, mm. right? Like if we're going to be, for example, if we're going to be in the Bay, right? Mm. We both got to find a balance between combating injustice, combating racial injustice, mm. combating uh, gentrification injustice, right? Mm. And at the same time, adapt, become more, uh, develop different skills of language to translate, to build with the quote unquote new Oakland so that way we can have a hand in the new foundations to still bring in the culture. Well, how do you deal with that? How do you with corporate and community? Because, you know, I know it's, it's very sensitive yeah. to people. Yeah. Like well, selling well, out and all that stuff, you know. I, I, can, I can only speak for me, man. Um, you know, that, that comes up a lot. Um, in certain like uh, recent settings I've been in, um, me personally, I know going into what I'm doing, you know, what I'm going into it for, right? What my intent is and why I'm doing it. So um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work with a corporation that um, that I know is foul, right? Now, if I'm doing a job and I find out that the corporation is foul, I gotta pull out of that job because at that right. point, it doesn't make any sense for me to sit there and actually try to cop a plea, so to speak, or, or, or find some way of, you know what I'm saying, justifying working with this individual because I'm getting a bag, right? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I think that, you know, you mentioned gentrification, for instance, as an example. You know, um, you can have one group of people that you're meeting with that's like, yo, I've been talking about gentrification for years. You know what I mean? And where the, where was y'all at? Where the hell was y'all at? You know what I'm saying? We've been talking about this, right? right. And you have another group of people that's like, yo, we want to actually do something about it. We got this money. What can we do? Now, you're going to have people that come in between those two groups of people, and they're going to try to get the bag, right? And they're going to try to figure out how to use both sides to get as much money as possible. And I think um, I've seen those cases a lot, you know, doing nonprofit work and 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 the community asking me to come in and talk on um, not on their behalf but with them, right? Uh, I'm not speaking on no one's behalf. I'm speaking with the community, and I think in that 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 in that breath, I would only say that if the community doesn't rock with this corporation, or if the community doesn't know that this corporation is foul, it's 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 up to me as a is you know on a personal level to then ask myself. Should I actually be working with this this this, this corporation, right? Uh, right? As a black as a black man, first, you know what I'm saying. I'm definitely not gonna you know work with a corporation if I find out it's foul. But I also say this, um, and I'm not gonna speak for all black artists. I, I, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful like that. But I'll say that you know, in, in in my dealings with a lot of brothers and sisters that that um that do art, you know, you know, as their for, you know as a profession, um. You know, they all take their craft very seriously. You know, whether or not um, whether or not you agree with them, whether or not you get along with them, they take their craft very seriously, right? And um, when you see them doing things 
that is for the community and you know it's inspiring and enriching the community even if you don't like them you're still going to applaud them right but then right. if you go if you go and see them do something that's for a corporation there's going to be some people that's going to diss them just because they already didn't like them but if right. you're somebody if you're somebody that actually understands the community from what you're saying right um and you see that this person might be actually working with mcdonald's or working with walmart or working with you know, I don't know, whatever, right? Uber, right? But they might be doing something that none of these corporations have done before, and they're actually, they're actually controlling the narrative, right? And they're actually, you know, switching the narrative, and they're actually throwing in a counter narrative to um, a lot of disparaging narratives that this company may have had. Now, it may not change this corporation, right? And it may not change, you know, um, what the corporation has done, but you don't know if this individual artist has had a collective of people working with this corporation to leverage their money towards helping the community. You see what right. I'm saying? Right, so right. You know, I don't always want to say, yo, that artist is whack because they work with this corporation. Please do your research first. Because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like the one thing about, you know, going to school and, you know, school, you know, um, obviously is one of the, you know, one of the worst systems in what they call the systemic uh, racist power structure that we talk about, right? Um, but in school, they talk about things like uh, participatory action research. All that is, is writers doing what we do. And if you take that right. class, you're going to get an A because you're participating in, you know, what it is that you do. And, um, and if people want to call it hip hop, well, you'd be the best researcher of it because you have a, a clear vantage point as a writer, right? Now, if right. you're Black, if you're Black, you really got a dope vantage point, right? Um, if you're Latino, you got a dope vantage point. Like, there's just other nuances that connect to your community. You know, see what I'm saying? Right, so right. you don't you don't want to really, you know, mix those nuances with a corporation that don't even don't even like black people or don't even like Latinos. They may not understand immigration at all. You know what I'm saying? And and you, and they might actually be on some foul shit um, where they're actually exposing. Uh, all your people to foul chemicals in your community and right. you paint on their wall. So, you know, we always got to think about that. Like how much, you know, how much, you know, of our ethics are going to go into this. And, you know, for me personally, like I said, I, I don't judge no artists, man, because I've seen a lot of people, you know, throw a lot of artists under the bus. You know what I mean? And like I said, even if it's artists I don't like, I never do that because you don't know why they're doing, you know, that job. You know what I'm saying? And, Right. You know, if they're, if they're teaching the community through that and they're changing, you know, the, the mission or they're changing. I mean, look at Dapper Dan, right? You know what I mean? A lot of people got on Dapper Dan for Gucci, for instance, just talking about fashion. Right. And a lot right, of the young right. people, a lot of the young people that I taught about fashion in terms of like, you know, entrepreneurship the summer before uh, right. he, that all happened, they were like, yo, you see, you know, Dap, you know what I'm saying? And then the summer after, they're like, yo, how do you feel about that? And I said, well, you know, to each their own, you know what I'm saying? I have my own personal opinion, but in terms of a business, you know what I mean? Right. You know, I can't really say what your, I don't know what your ethics are, you know what I mean? Um, but in terms of me, hell no, nah, you know what I mean? And if I find out that the corporation I'm paying for is foul, you know, I might have to dip, you know what I'm saying? Unless we're doing something again that's transformative, that's actually right. a, a part of some transformative change mechanism. You know, a wall's not going to change shit, you know, in, in, in terms of like, you know, potentially physically, uh, so some people may say, but it is a visual discourse. So it might lead a lot of people to direct action. And that is something that, you know, 
can spawn, if you leave the wall up long enough, it can spawn a legacy of direct action. So you never know, right? So right. again, you know, a wall don't change much like you may think, but if you allow it to happen, uh, you never know. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Well, just like you're saying, there's just so much nuance to what a person's decision-making process is. Um, and, you know, spending so much time worried about why and what they did is already in itself um, an investment of energy and time that may not be best suited for what we're trying to do. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, we could spend time pondering why this person's doing it and developing a, a positive or negative emotion towards it. Um, but ultimately, we need to be proactive with what we are about as opposed to dissing what we're not about, in my opinion. Um, yes. There's so much There's so much nuance. I mean, you know, the definition of foul, but not so foul I'm not gonna fuck with them right now is, is very subjective because most of, if you taste the roots of any of the prosperity of this country, <laughs> it's gonna get redder and redder and redder as you go. I